T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Back here on Sports Talk, joining us now from the Locked on Bucks podcast is David Harrison. How's your Friday going, Dave? Uh, it's going good. On my way back from uh, Mobile, so got a little bit of a trip still left ahead of me, but happy to be talking to you during this leg of it, though, I'll tell you that. I uh, appreciate your time. And so what's the big buzz? What is Tampa going to do now at quarterback? That Tommy boy has officially retired. I don't think anyone is expecting a return, and if he does, I don't know if it would be back in Tampa. Yeah, that I mean that was a that was that was the topic we were actually debating is whether or not Tom was going to come back to Tampa. I think this year everybody expected him to play. It was just a matter of where versus last year. You know, obviously the question was whether he would play or not. And then of course, uh, you know, this year is, is the year that he decides to call it quits. And uh, you know, first of all, I like the way that he did it. You know, kind of doing it on his own, not making a big production like he's done with some other things. And I thought it was kind of a nice way uh, to exit the league um, for for Tom, but. Yeah, I, the the question about what the Bucks do next, I think, really hinges on the offensive coordinator. I think if you bring in a veteran coordinator like Todd Monken, who's a popular name in the Bucks crowd, I think that then maybe you can look at a younger quarterback because you have an experienced coordinator uh, who's been around a little while. But if you get a young coordinator, maybe a first time coordinator, then I think you, I think to me, you have to look veteran quarterback to kind of marry uh, the different experiences with each other. Yeah, one of the guys who has been interviewed for that position thus far as the Saints QB's coach Ronald Curry and I I am kind of curious you know as what it doesn't seem like like uh, Byron Leftwich was necessarily the biggest issue with that team from an outsider's perspective did he kind of get scapegoated a little bit for the difficulties of this season you know it's it's a little I don't want to say scapegoated but there there's an argument that could be made potentially that you know, maybe it was a little bit unfair. There were some very significant injuries uh, that the Buccaneers were going through. I mean, Chris Godwin coming back from his ACL, even as he came back from that injury, he actually dealt with injuries throughout the year uh, himself. So you're already losing your number two wide receiver throughout. Obviously, they lost Broncos on injury, but they lost Broncos in the roster. That's significant. And then the offensive line. I mean, they, they were looking to come in with a combination uh, of guys, and they end up with only one of those starters, and that one starter is a transplant from New England that wasn't even on the team in years prior. You end up leaning on a rookie that you drafted, thinking he would probably be a backup for the rest of the year, and then one of your guys who was expected to be a starting guard candidate, Robert Hainsey, ends up being your your center, and then Tristan Wirfs is battling injuries. Donovan Smith had some off-field issues kind of going on that he talked about that kind of impacted his play. A very down year for him, and you know, I think every football fan and obviously every media like knows, like, if you're bad in the trenches, it's just hard to really do a whole lot after that. And and so for the Buccaneers, that kind of started there. But at the same time, the reports that Byron 
really wasn't all that receptive to guys and their input outside of maybe Tom Brady. Um, that kind of rubs you the wrong way. And I think from a coaching perspective for Todd Bowles, he wants his coaches to be in charge, but he's always been the type of D coordinator head coach that wants his players, especially his leaders, to feel like they have some ownership in what's going on on the field. So if Byron wasn't receptive to that, then I can see why Todd made the change. Talking with David Harrison of the Locked On Bucks podcast. And what's the general feel for some of the pieces on that offense, like a Mike Evans? Uh, will they be around next season, or could it be something where Tampa looks to move on from uh, some of their, you know, their bigger names on the offense as well to try and uh, rebuild and kind of restock their their whole um, their offense? I guess you would say. Yeah, I think right now the approach is reload, not rebuild. So obviously you're going to take a step back a little bit, and you got to look at some some newer pieces and maybe get some cheaper contracts while you let some of this dead money in the void years that they've been trying to ride through this you know, playoff run uh, these last three seasons, kind of work their way out and then get back to kind of a normalized cap situation. So you're, you're kind of your big names, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Like, I don't think they're going anywhere. Tristan Wurst is going to be kind of off limits. Ryan Jensen, uh, you know, especially coming back from that injury, I think, you know, unless he's kind of in a position where he wants to move on somewhere, I don't see him kind of being, you know, uh, on um, put put up for, for a trade or, or anything like that. But your other guys, I mean, like a Cameron Bray, a veteran tight end who's been around, good locker room guy. Like, if, they, if they, they, they can get some valuable draft capital, even like a fifth or a sixth round pick for him, maybe they'd be willing to move off of that. But, like, for the most part, I don't think the, I don't expect anyway the Buccaneers to do like a complete, you know, tear down, get down to the bones of their roster and get down to the frame and then try to rebuild it. But there's definitely going to be some changes. I think mostly on the defensive side of the ball with Levante David, who's now expected to uh, to sign elsewhere. Yeah, one of the things that strikes me about the Bucks too at this point is they really do feel like they're in a very similar scenario to where the Saints were last season, right? Where you yeah. moved on from Drew Brees. Well, now the Bucks are trying to move on from Tom Brady, right? You're moving on from a head coach in uh, – oh, I'm blanking. Uh, before Todd Bowles, what was his name? Bruce Arians. You're yeah. moving on from Bruce Arians. Yeah, Bruce. And you, yeah, Bruce. You, yeah. You, you elevate Todd Bowles, a defensive coordinator, into that situation. You're dealing with a lot of dead money. But also you're looking at a division that has no quarterbacks in it, and it's like, oh, if, if only you can just be – the medium team in that division, you have a chance yeah. to win it. And so is that kind of where the, how the Bucks are approaching this? Because that's how the Saints have been approaching it. And I know a lot of people are like, well, why are we just trying to be a middling team just to win a middling division? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's the vibe that I have. And, and I like that you do the comparison between the two franchises because recently a salary cap uh, chart came, I, I think it was over the cap. But don't, don't quote me specifically on that. I, I believe it was over the cap. I kind of, illustrated you know lack of cap space or amount of cap space and then also how much flexibility teams had and the saints and the buccaneers were the two teams in the nfl that had the most cap flexibility because they're very good at working numbers in the contracts that you know if we need to free up 20 million this year we can do that with a few really easy uh type of moves and that's something that ross jackson of locked on saints has been chronicling every year we kind of have like a little inside joke with what he'll he'll publish an episode about the Saints salary cap and then I'll tweet something saying, well, eventually it's going to catch up with them. But, of course, the joke is that it never catches up with them because they're very smart in how they do their contracts. On the Buccaneers, they do have some void years coming to roost, and those are unfortunately things that you can't do too much maneuvering on. I mean, the Bucs could move about $20 million, a little bit over that. Uh, Tom Brady's dead money into next year with some flexibility, but they're still going to have to eat at least $11 million of that this year. So that's just kind of done. But then 
You look at like Mike Evans' contracts, Chris Godwin's contracts, all these guys. There's always money that can be moved around, and that's what kind of helps them stay competitive. So I look at not just the offensive coordinator, but also the quarterback marriage. If they get an offensive coordinator, and I think you're looking at a guy like Derek Carr, um, if you get an offensive coordinator that kind of sells Derek Carr as the guy that fits his system and Todd Bowles and Jason White get on board, I think you could see them go aggressively after a guy like that. Um, preferably if the Raiders release him, which is what everybody expects, that they can't trade him uh, by the 14th, and then you get him on kind of maybe a more team-friendly deal, maybe bonus, uh, kind of kind of lay it out like a traditional Bucks or Saints uh, contract. Yeah, you're bringing up David Carr. It makes me think, too, it's like not only are the Saints and Bucks going to be obviously competing at each other in the division, but uh, these two are going to be going at it in the – quarterback market as well whether it's the draft free agency uh what do you expect from this buccaneer squad uh, i guess you would say going forward uh would they would they prefer to have that veteran like a david carr coming in or do you think they look towards the draft more where it's that younger uh younger draft younger prospect that you want to develop i think the target has to be a veteran because i don't get the sense that, you know, like Jason Light and Todd Bowles necessarily have a whole lot of uh, wiggle room in this thing. They've probably got about one or two years to really start showing that they're going to keep this team at a playoff consistent level. Um, I don't think the Glazers, you know, the Glazers aren't necessarily known for being super impatient, but at the same time, after going over all those years, uh, the Saints fans and certainly other NFC South fans enjoy that the Buccaneers kind of sitting at the bottom of the division. Now they've been at the top for a few years or at least near the top competing and they want to stay there. I have to believe that they're going to want to stay there. So given the draft position they have, you don't want to push all your chips to try to trade up to get maybe even the third quarterback off the board. And a guy like Anthony Richardson, still time for him to show maybe a little bit more, but I don't know that anybody really believes in him being a, a true franchise leader type quarterback you know, until he hits at least probably year three in the National Football League. So if you're looking at those time limits and time frames, I think you have to be eyeing a veteran like Derek Carr. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is a name that came up last year before uh, the, sh- the shoulder surgery kind of derailed all that as well. And, and Blaine Gabbard has been around. You know, I don't uh, – that, that's not something that really kind of gets my motor going. But, you know, he's been in the building. He's been around. He's a good locker room guy and a surprisingly loud voice on the practice field, to be quite honest with you. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't necessarily sleep on Blaine Gabbard, but I think there's, there's some good veteran names at the Buccaneers probably feel like they can get one of them with the weapons that they have and attract uh, another guy in. Appreciate the time, David. For all things Tampa Bay Buccaneers, make sure you subscribe to the Locked on Bucks podcast on the Odyssey app. That's part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Enjoy the drive back home, and happy Friday, my man. Awesome. Thank you very much. Have a great weekend. You too, Dave. Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak here on WWL Sports Talk. Want to hear from you in the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line 504-260-1870. Who are you liking at quarterback for the Saints? If you could pick anybody out of your liking, if it's uh, even a Lamar Jackson, uh, someone in the draft that you would trade up, you know, you want to trade up to number one even uh, with the Chicago Bears, I want to hear it. 504-260-1870. Coming back with more Sports Talk after this on WWL. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.